Welcome to the Unpacking Sunday podcast, where we take a deeper look at what God is speaking to you, to our church, and to the world around us. So grab a coffee, sit back, and let's unpack it together. All right, good morning. Today is July 24th, and it's a, it's a good day to be here. Oh, you don't like the hood? <laughs> yeah, why are you wearing a hood? <laughs> I was just getting comfortable. I was sinking yeah. into my podcast chair okay. here. I got yeah. a coffee in we're one here. hand. And it's kind of rainy today because we're recording this on Monday. It is, yes. It's it's the first day of rain in a good little while, a while. here. Yeah. It was, yeah. I love whenever it rains, there's always someone who's like, man, it, it was needed. We really needed this rain. We needed this rain right now. Whenever I see that it's raining yeah. after a long time, I just need to listen to that song, Make It Rain. Make It Rain? Do you know that song? I d- can you remind me? I don't know song I titles very well. I won't be well. singing. And it's not like it's not like a rap song where people throw dollar bills. Like right. Not that kind it's of. It's not it one rain. of those. Make it rain. No, no, no. That's it's where like we a go. Full, it's like a full orchestra. Like you want, I'll play it for you after the. Okay, podcast. sounds good. Yeah, Josh, you preached this week. I did. Yeah. Yes. How do you feel? Uh, I feel really good. Um, it was a lot of fun to be able to to get up there and to share. I feel. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure we'll hear some some feedback from some people, but from what I've you heard, always hear feedback. you always hear feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from what I heard on the day, it seemed like, um, you know, people really felt connected to the to the Holy Spirit through that message, and and so that's the goal, right? Yeah. It's uh, it's not worth doing if if the Holy Spirit's not there, and He's the only one that's going to make it um, any any good, anyways. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I feel pretty happy. I'm pretty. When you wear this hood, you do not look <laughs> old enough to preach. <laughs> Yeah. So well, it's because I'm clean really shaven too, and I've got my hood on. Yeah, so. I wish people could see you with the hood. Am I like pushing 15? Is that pushing like, it? Yeah. 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 I All thought right. you did a great job yesterday, oh, Josh. Thank you. Yeah, it was really fun to listen to you. I actually like after the first service, just went and stood at the side. I know you called me up front to pray, but I gave somebody my spot. Oh yeah. And I just went and stood at the side because it was one of the highlights of the last while for me. Oh wow. You were wrapping up the service. And Luke was playing, and then we also had two new people at the front of the worship mm. team. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, so awesome to watch all that God is accomplishing in our church. Right. And the people that he's raising up in our church, and young people. Mm. Like, we had Clifford, and we had Kira, Kira. Yep. Yep. Um, who are both quite new on our worship team. So I was just, like, taking it all in. Like, what it, what a gift to watch God do this work. Oh, so good. So thanks for stepping up and uh, sharing. You did a great job. Thank Can you, you just give us a rundown? What did we talk about? So we're in the middle of a series right now about yep. unity and that unity is based on these foundational beliefs that we share. So can you just give us a lowdown? What did you talk about yesterday? Absolutely. So we're we're talking about um, unity and specifically the kind of paragraph we're using is from Ephesians chapter four, verses two through six. Um, and so the part of that section that I was preaching on yesterday was um, there is, oh, nope. Oh yeah. There is one body. <laughs> okay. Let me just find it. Do you have an English Bible or do you want a different one? Yeah. Okay. So the verse is this, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. So specifically the part I was preaching about is, is one hope mm-hmm. and the fact that we have been called to that. It's a hope that we all share it's a, it's a hope that we hear, um, 
you know, we use many different words to describe this hope. We, we read about glorious inheritance. We read about heaven. We read about Jesus coming back, uh, the second coming, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all these different ideas of, of what this one hope is that we share. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the, the section of this Ephesians chapter that I was preaching on. Um, and so, yeah, we talked about kind of how the church has found itself in a bit of a state of disunity for the past couple thousand years, um, and how one of the solutions to this is to instead be looking side to side uh, to recognize this one hope to which we have been called by the God of hope to, to move our gaze upwards towards him, um, to pull us out of you know these, these unessential things that we, we get caught up bickering in, and mm-hmm. instead uh, realign our energy where he's called us to use it. So so that's kind of a, a quick summation of, of the sermon yesterday. One thing that stood out for me yesterday was, yeah, it's this idea that we our hope doesn't lie in our circumstance or even really in this life at all. Right. Our hope lies in this glorious inheritance that mm-hmm. was purchased for us by Jesus Christ and sealed or guaranteed for us by the Holy Spirit right. who walks with us today. And because we have that in eternity that we mm-hmm. can always be looking forward to, we actually ascribe to a different type of hope that you talked about yesterday right this it's living a hebrew hope. word yeah. called tikva right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, tikva. Was, I was paying you nailed attention. it you were paying, paying attention. attention this is great also we worked through your sermon like eight times yeah so <laughs> that helps too so, yeah that's true yeah, yeah it sunk in a little yeah. bit <laughs> but i love this idea of like this cord yeah kava yeah the root word of tikva yeah, yeah. and it's like pulled tight mm-hmm. where at any moment it could break yeah Right. And I think that that is like such a beautiful picture of what real hope in eternity looks like. Yeah. Right. It Like anything could be happening in this world, but I am clinging on for dear life to yeah. this other thing. Yeah, that's it. That and, at any time could come. And that's the state that we live in right now. It's, you know, it's this, we've talked about this idea before of the the already, not yet. You know, mm-hmm. we sing these songs, the battle belongs to him. We know uh, that Jesus conquered death um, through his resurrection. So we already know what the outcome is going to look like, but it's also, we're currently in the not yet. We haven't experienced the, the fullness mm-hmm. of the kingdom of God here on earth yet. It's here. It's just not fully visible to us. So we actually live within that tension. We live within that kaval. We can we can walk with expectation, anticipation every day, knowing that it's going to snap, even if it hasn't just yet. So so I'm glad that stuck out for you. That's good. It changes how we walk in this life too, because we love saying these kind of things to each other, like um, it'll all work out in the end. Yeah. Right? <laughs> just so like... And like we say it as Christians and we mean it, but yeah. it's not true the way that you say it. Because typically when people say it, they mean like, in this life this situation itself yeah it yeah. will work out in yeah. the end and that's not true there that's are so many situ- yeah. yes it is yeah there are so many situations in our life that absolutely never work out mm-hmm. they don't work out but like when it's t- the bible does teach that principle yeah but it's based on this hope that we have in eternity right that's our inheritance yeah right and that's what works out in the end right is that really ultimately it was a, a like we're we're not harmed in this life, and even if we are, it makes no difference yeah. to us. Well, one area that I didn't really go into yesterday in the sermon, um, specifically, was there was a section where we're talking about Abraham and how he was a, a very hopeful man, how he learned how to tikva and he remained in tikva. He remained in anticipation, expectation of this movement of God for him to be, you know, faithful to. You his use covenant. like one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. That oh the, against all yeah, hope Abraham, Abraham in, in hope, hope believed. believed. 
I love that yeah. verse. I think it's awesome. Yeah, just as he said it would. His yeah. son was born. He became the father of many nations. And so, but an area that we didn't really go mm-hmm. was um, sometimes we make these covenants to ourselves, right? We have these ideas and these expectations of what our life is going to look like, and then we kind of impose those covenants onto God. So mm-hmm. um, it was interesting. I had somebody come and speak to me after the sermon. They if you've heard my testimony before on like how my I got all the way through the police academy and stuff, right. and then my eyes decided not to work, and and then so I couldn't become a police officer. But that it was an example of a covenant that I'd entered into with myself and then mm. imposed upon God. Right. And then so so this is the idea of what we're talking about when these situations don't work out the mm. way that we expect them to. Um, prosperity gospel will say, hey, don't worry. One day, if you have the heart for this, if you have the desire for this, you're going to be a cop. Right, but that's not necessarily a promise that God has made to me. That's a promise right. I've made to myself. Wow. So we conflate those ideas, and yeah. and then so obviously I, I try, was trying to hit on this a little bit when I said, um, you know, if we constantly are looking to our circumstance, regardless of if the circumstance is good or bad, mm-hmm. the only outcome we're going to feel is hopelessness, right? Because that's not a promise that God entered into with you. And we can do the opposite. So I know I've even been walking this out with you this week, uh, just personally, because we can do the opposite of that. God can give us something. Right. Yeah. Right. And then we take it for ourselves and we do whatever we want with it. And then we get frustrated when it doesn't look the way that we wish it would look Mm, or it doesn't. And we think, God, what are you doing? Right. And we stress ourselves out and it becomes hopeless. Right. But it's because I'm holding something that God should be holding. Right. Right. It's, it goes both ways. Like sometimes we start this promise and then say it was God that did it. Yeah. And other times God gives us a little gift and we take or it he gives us ourselves. a promise and then yeah. we try to manipulate it to the way we want it to look. Yeah. And then both lead us into hopelessness it's because true. we're not dependent on the one who's our hope. And then we're, yeah, it's true. And then we're, <laughs> it's funny because in both outcomes we're surprised and we're like, God, why didn't you do this thing? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know? Cause he never said he would. Yeah. He never said yeah. he would. Yeah. And he never said to use the gift that way. Right. right. So, um, it reminds me of there. It's like this idea of when you're trying to strive for unity. If we look at like our church history, we've seen all these different ways that we've mm. tried to do it by leaving hope out of it. Right. There's been eras of, of the church where we've tried to, to force people onto the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been eras of the church where we've tried to like shame and guilt or, or reward people onto the same page, all these different social pressures. Mm-hmm. There's been eras where we've tried to use con- con- coercion, mm-hmm. right? And none of these different um, modes, none of these different, you know, mediums or tools have worked mm-hmm. uh, to bring unity to a, a global church. Right. And it's not surprising that they haven't because it's this idea. It's yes, God wants unity amongst us. He doesn't want it this way. We're trying to force it this way. Right. And so when it's not empowered by the Holy Spirit, it's no surprise that it doesn't work. Yeah. And so we really, what we're talking about in this series is that we find unity when we focus on these foundational things. Yeah. And while we're focusing on them, while we're all coming to understand them or to really grab hold of them, that we would be humble with each other and we we would be patient. Right. And we would bear with one another in this process of um, coming to terms with these things. So I'm just going to read the passage again. It says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. There's one spirit and just, and there's one hope. Yeah. So we're talking about hope and it's all about, we're placing our trust in these foundational things. And mm-hmm. you talked about that a bit yesterday mm-hmm. with your opening quote that people couldn't even get to 
get on the same page with who wrote it. Yeah, true. Right? Yeah. That's very funny. Yeah. And But just tell us the quote and then let's talk about, I know you wanted to go here a little bit. What are the foundations? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the opening quote that I kind of started the sermon off with was, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. Hmm. And so it's a quote that we've kind of, you know, we've heard a lot and um, and so in terms of how it plays out, we kind of went into Acts 15, you know, the Council of Jerusalem, where they, they establish what some non-essentials, like the idea of circumcision, are. Uh, and then they also establish what some essentials are, like the fact that we need to worship God and God alone. Mm. And the fact that we need to be a holy people who are set apart and who don't participate in the, you know, in the pagan rituals or the sexual immorality of, of our neighbors. Um, so clearly they're delineating between what these essentials and non-essentials are. But the question then becomes for us today, and somebody brought this up after the sermon as well, so it's a you know, very apt observation is, okay, so how do you actually go about doing that? How do you discern um, between what theology you have, what theology your, your church across the street has, what is an essential and what is not? Right. And so kind of where I go is right off the bat, kind of go straight to the the Apostles' Creed, right? Mm. Like, it's got to be found from the Bible. It's got to be rooted in the Word of God. So maybe can you just read out a little snippet? I know you have it there with you. You want just a snippet? Yeah, just a little snippet. Well, this will bring to mind a song that we sing at church, where yeah. it says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator mm. of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. It continues yeah. to talk. And then it ends with other things, um, like I believe in the communion of the saints, mm-hmm. forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body, yeah. and life everlasting. So if you look at like the statement of faith of our church, it's mm-hmm. pretty much rooted on this. You know, mm-hmm. If you've ever sung that song, I believe in God, right, yeah. yeah, that's the one you're talking about. Yeah. So you already know this. You already know the Apostles' mm-hmm. Creed. And so this was a thing that, that really rooted kind of the Protestant movement around um, these core essentials, right? In the same thing that we, we, we base this series around, you can have some non-essential traditions that look a little different in your denomination so long as these essentials mm. remain uh, the core of what, what you're all about. Right. Um, but this is a great point this, this person brought up was, hey, there's some churches, like even the one I talked about, mm-hmm. that doesn't even believe that God is, is a literal um, being, right. more believes that God is like symbolic of how mm-hmm. to live a good life. And this is a full a church where people tithe, where there's right. elders and deacons yeah. and a pastor. And they believe God is symbolic, so right. that's clearly uh, a non-essential, or that's clearly an essential right. that has slipped into the non-essential slot for them. So, how mm. do we go about, Mike? How do we go about like finding unity and getting on the same page with with movements like this that don't even adhere to like the Apostles' Creed? Yeah, it's tricky because sometimes people will try to tell you that non-essential things are essential yeah, and, and vice versa. Point that, to one random yeah, verse, yeah, or like they'll try to tell you that essential things are, don't really matter that much. Mm-hmm. And so I it kind of can get off track or like maybe it's become, um, what's the word you use? A trope now. Mm. But I like the term better. Like, is it a salvation issue right. or not? Yeah. And, and if it is, then we can't, like it's not a discussion yeah it's just like what it says in the bible and i was actually another note is just i think that the bible has more to say about our everyday life and how we live our life Mm. than we think it says yeah and i was like so blessed by one of our young adults in a meeting last week where they brought that up and they said the more i read it the more i realize 
it tells me how to live my life. Most of the epistles. Yeah. Like it has everything that I need to live. And it says that of itself too. So that's what I would say. If it affects like salvation. Right. Then we can't, we can't budge on it. Yeah. And so that would obviously include things like, is God real or is it just symbolic? He has to be real or there is no salvation for sin. Exactly. Right. So that's a salvation issue. Yeah. So that's clearly an essential. Right. But then I know even before we started recording, we were talking about um, infant baptism or Mm -hmm. christening. Yeah. So this, I think, is a good example of maybe a non-essential. So um, we talk about, you know, sometimes certain denominations will conflate the idea of baptism um, and make it into a salvation issue. So you're not really saved unless you're baptized. And, um, you know, this is kind of the, the example that I was using from Acts 15 of the Council of Jerusalem, the, the, the Pharisaical Christians who had recently converted to Christianity from Judaism. They were trying to, to do this with circumcision to say, hey, you're not really mm-hmm. saved unless you're circumcised, right? They're trying to conflate this, this non-essential. So an example of a non-essential today that we kind of see and I'm happy with you know, leaving as a non-essential is there's, um, there's some churches who look at infant christening um, in the same way that they would look at uh, an adult baptism of, conver- of you know, when you're um, submerged, that's the word, mm-hmm. uh, submerged in water. And they, they view those as doing the same thing, as achieving the same ordinance that God has called us to. Um, of course, our Pentecostal denomination does not. We view, you know, complete submersion as, uh, as what baptism is. But either way, it's not a salvation issue. Um, baptism does not affect whether you're saved or not. Of course, it's something God calls us to do. Of course, it's an, it's an ordinance from God. But it doesn't affect whether you, you, you know, can partake in this uh, glorious inheritance that we're talking about, mm-hmm. whether you can have your name written in the book of life. So mm. for me, I'm okay if other people want to believe that, that christening is the same as baptism, mm-hmm. and I can believe that it's not. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't bother me, really. I don't, I'm not going to waste my time arguing over that when it's, it's more important that we focus on what these essentials are, that we both agree you know, that um, salvation is, for example, um, by the grace of God alone, by putting our faith in God. Right. Yeah, and I think that that's, it's so important, and I appreciate that it was even in the scripture that you read yesterday, is like we can't make it harder for people yeah. to accept Jesus, right? right? That's the most, and so, of yeah. course, we're going to cling to the things that we believe are the correct thing in scripture, like yeah. you're saying, water baptism. Right. We are sold out for water baptism. Yeah. But, like, we're not going to make it a challenge for someone to accept Christ. Well, baptism is not a requirement for mm-hmm. salvation anyway. So, yeah. Um, but I think we just have to be conscious of that. Mm-hmm. Like, and there are so many things that can sneak in or, like, we'll say, like, oh, um, like, can you even be a Christian and do this? Can you be a Christian and do that? Well, I think that that is why this quote is so beautiful. I don't really care who wrote it. Like, in all things, charity, or mm-hmm. another word for charity being humility. Mm-hmm. In all things, recognizing that, hey, this thing that I've thought forever, I can be wrong about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and thanks be to God that His Holy Spirit will enlighten me to understand the Scriptures in a way that I didn't before. I mean, I know plenty of beliefs I've had throughout the course of my life that I've later learned to be wrong. Um, an example of this can be, I've even walked through this with people who, like, come from backgrounds of, you know, they were spiritualists or, or they, they felt like energy from rocks or things like that, right? These are mm-hmm. beliefs that, that they at a time held to tightly, 
But thanks be to God that the Holy Spirit has moved and, and convicted them and enlightened them to the scripture and, and brought unity in that situation to a point where they are now following Christian and they now denounce those old practices, right? So we all have been through this process of mm-hmm. believing something at some point that we now know is not correct. Right. And, and ultimately, this is what the walk of sanctification looks like. He's going to um, speak life into us. He's going to show us where we've erred. He's going to um, constantly make us look more like Jesus, have a better understanding of who God is. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be able to walk in humility as we do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so just bringing this all together. So we're walking in unity, mm-hmm. right? And even p- that's how Paul talks in um, Ephesians chapter four too, right? He's saying, be patient with each other walk humbly before each other, understanding where we all came from and yeah. where we are all heading. Right. That's right. It. All of us who claim allegiance to Jesus Christ. That's yeah. not everyone, but like all of us who believe who in the work of into, Jesus Christ. Yeah. We all came from the same place and we're all going to the same place. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, can we please be humble? Yeah, exactly. In the meantime, yeah. can we please be patient with each other? Yeah. And in the meantime, can you remember that really there's one body, mm-hmm. there's one spirit, there's one hope. So, Josh, how do we do that today, even as we're just wrapping up? As a church, in my everyday life, how do I, like, keep my eyes fixed on one hope? Mm. What, what would that look like for me? Like, you talked a little bit yesterday, and you gave a great encouragement to the church. Yeah. Of, like, yeah, life doesn't always feel full of hope. Mm-hmm. But can you just, like, um, give me one or two things that I could do if I'm in that position, but I want to be clinging to this hope that I have? What could I do? Yeah, well, I'd actually like to, to pray. Okay. Uh, if we could do that. Of course. And, and I can. will answer this question through this prayer. Okay. If we can, yeah. Because I think it's, it's, not through, it's not through logic. It's not through willpower. It's not through um, any formula, but it's through com- completely adopting a dependence on the Holy Spirit mm. each and every day. And so if we can, I'd just like to pray over whoever's listening to this and and ask that the Holy Spirit would come and would do that move, would, mm. would teach us how to uh, recognize this hope of where we're all going in, in each and every situation, despite how we might be feeling. Mm-hmm. So let's just end maybe with that. Is that okay? Sure. Cool. Father, I ask that, that you would come and you would um, continue to have your way in our hearts and in our minds, that you would teach us how to uh, hold these circumstances of our life, how, how we can hold them lightly, uh, how we can how we can give them to you, Father. We ask that you would teach us how to depend on you in a way that we haven't yet experienced, a way that um, we haven't gone to the the degree of putting our faith and putting our trust in you yet. Um, we all know these these little areas in our lives. Would you, if we don't, would your Holy Spirit even enlighten us to what those areas are where we might be trying to hold on to them a little too tightly? Um, and then would you give us the the courage and the the vulnerability? and the humility to be able to lay those down, to be able to trust you with them. Um, and ultimately, in that, being able to, to, to accept these gifts of joy and peace that come as a result of depending on you, Father, uh, would you help us to keep our eyes um, fixed on you, uh, fixed on this future that you have for us? And we also thank you for this gift of the Holy Spirit who's with us, constantly pointing us towards it. Would we recognize that we are not uh, dead beings any longer? Would we continue to recognize that sin no longer has mastery over us, that uh, thanks to our new nature, thanks to this nature that you earned for us, we are now a living thing. We are now a a temple for this Holy Spirit who dwells within us. And would we recognize that the fullness of God is here with us each and every day, uh, despite 
what what really dark situation we might be walking through. And even even despite how that situation might resolve, that you are still God and you are still sovereign and you still have a plan for us. So Jesus, we ask for all of these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Unpacking Sunday is a podcast of Caribou Road Christian Fellowship Church. If you're interested in more information, please check out our website at www.crcfchurch.com.